Heidi, Heidi Ho there, and welcome to the Disnerd Podcast. I'm your host, Hans Kruger, and together we'll be discussing all things Disney. No, I'm not a prince, nor do I reside in the Southern Isles. I'm just a Disnerd from Chicago, Illinois. I'm here to share my passion for the mouse and create a community for all us Dis nerds. Okay, so we have a great show for you today. Um, we're going to talk about the saddest Disney moments that we've ever experienced. Ones that brought us to tears, uh, choked us up, you name it. And then we will bring it up a little bit and talk about our most uplifting, inspiring uh happy i guess you could say <laughs> to overgeneralize it maybe a bit um songs uh so the most uplifting song so i'm going to bring it down and give you the feels first up and then bring it up uh all this and more on today's episode but first a word from our sponsors <laughs> Want to get away? Are you wanting something more? Have you considered leaving that little town full of little people behind? Well, here at Provincial Life Travel Agency, we can offer you something more. How about a wilderness adventure to Paradise Falls? Or an historic visit to Jamestown, Virginia? We have all sorts of destinations for you to choose. Call now to book a trip of a lifetime. Provincial Life Travel Agency for when you want much more out of life. One of the most iconic calling cards of a Disney movie is the fact that somebody is probably going to die or there's going to be some really sad moment that is going to bring you on the verge of tears, if not bawling your eyes out. And I thought we today we could take a look at some of the saddest Disney moments. Um, so if you need to get yourself some Kleenex or tissue, um, maybe something soft to cuddle with, uh, one of those uh, those blankets <laughs> that help treat anxiety, I don't know, whatever you need. Uh, I'd go get those right now, pause, go get them, and then come back and listen to the podcast um so yeah there's a lot of ones that can kind of just jump off the top of your head like in lion king uh when mufasa dies or you know obviously you know what we all are scarred by what happened to bambi's mother or Old Yeller being put down. Uh, but then there are some that are maybe not as obvious. I think those are kind of the ones we always bring up, and so we always remember them. But I think there's a lot more of them than we tend to remember. And there's almost one per movie, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. But, you know, just like 
you know, in the 90s, they had so many fun songs and things like that. There was also so many uh, sad moments. So I think one of the most iconic modern ones is obviously Ellie and Carl's tale at the beginning of Up. And I think I've, I've heard the joke like, you know, Disney and Pixar are able to to make eight minutes of a movie more uh, fulfilling than some of the most decorated Hollywood directors <laughs> and writers and stuff. Um, and yeah, that is a great montage, right? Um, of them growing, you know, growing old together and you know facing tribulations that a lot of um, couples go through you know not everything is storybook and works out in the end sometimes you have um, things that don't necessarily go your way and um, that is one of them I don't want to give away too much if you haven't seen it um, but it is very emotional the, the music behind it um, you know uh, if if you get a chance, you know, just listen to Married Life. That's the name of the song that is playing in the background. And it's a beautiful piece of music. And um, they do a great, uh, you know, great job of doing different arrangements throughout um, the different uh, transitions throughout their uh, relationship. And it is it is very emotional and if you're not emotionally prepared for it you could definitely end up bawling your eyes out and the movie really hasn't even started yet <laughs> um basically the movie the whole premise of the movie starts after that point so um you know you're you're already you know 10 minutes in and uh you're you know you're so emotionally invested in the movie it's kind of crazy. And the same thing um, that reminds me of another Pixar movie that kind of does that, and that's The Good Dinosaur. And um, it has its, like, Lion, the Lion King moments, you know, where they're running in the field with the fireflies and stuff, and that's very, you know, reminiscent of, um, of The Lion King. And, you know, there's a gorge and instead of wildebeest it's flood waters and i mean watching the dad just look up at arlo and and just kind of smile and then be whisked away it was you know very heart-wrenching for some people but then to me it's like after that point there's like another 10 minutes where you just feel really bad and sad for Arlo. And I remember watching it for the first time and going like, man, this is just like so ridiculous. And I was exhausted. I was emotionally exhausted after like the first 20 minutes of the movie. And then I'm like, but now I have to finish this movie. <laughs> and I'm already like, I'm spent. And I have to do, I have to continue on and watch the movie. Um, <clears throat> There's some other ones like 
uh, in The Princess and the Frog when Ray dies. I think that's re- that's a really sad moment. I know when I first, after you've watched the movies a, a few times, they, they lose it, their emotional grasp on you. I feel like maybe not necessarily from Up, but I've had to watch The Good Dinosaur a few more times, like make myself watch it so that those scenes aren't so emotional. But after the first... Um, after the first viewing of the Princess and the Frog, the Ray dying scene wasn't as um, emotional for me, but it was. It's still sad. It's really sad. You gr- really grow to love him. And he's a great character, and then all of a sudden, um, you know, he's not there anymore. Um, you know, obviously, there's more like in your face moments like in Beauty and the Beast when uh, the Beast is essentially dead and Belle is draped over him crying and saying no you can't do you know I mean those are more you know just in your face Um, but think or Bing Bong sacrificing himself. There's a lot of Pixar movies. I've I've noticed that Pixar movies are really they really jab at that. So like even in Coco, right? Coco now people the thing people talk about now with Coco is like it's so emotional. Like I can't walk. You know, it's it made me cry. It made me cry. It made me cry. And it did. It it was really emotional, especially. For me, I'm a musician, <laughs> I play guitar, I have daughters, and um, to know that, you know, and to watch that f- scene, and like even my older daughter, who's not, you know, she's, my older daughter is not even two, my oldest daughter is not even two, and you know, when that, when the dad is singing to the daughter, she'll always like kind of come to me and, you know, say da-da and kind of give me a hug and stuff like that. And so like, if it it can speak to her and she can't even speak, but um, I think it, you know, it is really emotional. And then of course the scene, um, you know, that, I think that whole finals, you know, I don't know, five or eight minutes of the movie from when, uh, Miguel sings "Remember Me" to Co- Mama Coco uh, to the end. I mean, I even love that. I think that last song is very um, powerful, and and it makes it. You know, I was kind of like, just like, like trying not to cry the whole time. Um, and so I've noticed that. Yeah, like there's a lot of the, you know, Pixar movies tend to are like really like hitting the nerve, you know. Uh, the Disney movies aren't doing that as much, you know, Frozen didn't do it that much, you know, yeah, Moana, there's some, you know, trials and tribulations within Moana, you know, her grandmother dying, I mean, that la- that final, you know, that scene when she's on the boat and she's given up and all that, yeah, that's very emotional, and, um, you know, when she starts singing the reprise and, and then she's like, I am Moana. And you're just like crying. You're like, yes, girl, yes, girl. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, um, it's emotional, but it's not in the same sense. Like, I don't, I also don't feel that way in Frozen. Like, 
the emotional climax is when Anna gets frozen, but it's resolved so quickly, it kind of falls into that category of like, the beast is dead and Belle is crying, where it's emotional, but it's not super emotional, if that makes any sense. Um, but yeah, the Pixar movies are really pushing it. Like they're they're they've hit it. They they know how to hit the nerve, you know. And they, and they're like gonna hit it all the time. They're kind of like showing off now <clears throat> that they know how to do this. Um, but you have. Uh, I also think you know with if we're gonna go, we've been sort of in the uh, more modern era right now. And I I I you know I alluded to Bambi's mother. I alluded to. Uh, Old Yeller, obviously, those are like two of the most tormenting movies to little kids, um, and they still are. I don't know if how many parents have their kids watch those movies. I think, you know, Generation Xers and and millennials who have kids are not showing their kids that movie or either of those movies solely because they know how traumatizing they were. <laughs> when watching um, those movies, but those, yeah, those are really sad. Um, there's also moments like in Lady and the Tramp when Lady gets muzzled. I remember I always, you know, that always upset me as a kid. Um, the whole baby mine in Dumbo, that scene was always really emotional, and I was really young. I. I feel like I stopped watching Dumbo when I was like three or four because I just couldn't get through that part. There's also parts of Dumbo that I really do not like, but that's we'll save that for another episode. Um, you know, uh, when Cinderella sisters uh, rip her dress and things like that, like those things are. Um, they're not as uh, scarring as maybe some of the ones are now. Maybe, you know, and some of the old, even older ones. Like, they went through a kind of a lull, I think. Um, but there are moments, I feel like, in Pocahontas when, uh, you know, John Smith is on the boat and and... Pocahontas runs to the top of that uh, mountain, you know, cliff and, you know, does the little Wingapo, you know, uh, hand wave thing and he does it on the bow and, you know, and the wind's blowing. I, you know, that's really emotional. And, and watching it as an adult now, I, I feel, I feel more of the emotion that was trying to be conveyed. I don't think as a kid I, I got it as much, but I think now I, I, I definitely get it. And um, and sticking with Renaissance, you know, uh, when when uh, Triton gives up his power and he to try to save Ariel and he just like withers away and he's like this little slug thing or whatever they are. Um, I mean, that's a really sad moment in the in the movie. You know, uh, when Mulan comes home and has the emperor, 
you know, the metal with the emperor's seal or crest or whatever on it and, you know, and is finally coming home. I mean, that's a fairly emotional um, scene. I think sadder is when, you know, he gets chosen and and then he says, you know, you, you dishonor me or you bring me dishonor or whatever. I don't know what the exact uh, uh, verbiage is. <clears throat> that's a really emotional point in the movie and I've I feel like um, it, you do kind of feel you feel bad you know um, you go well, she just wants what's best for you <laughs> you know kind of thing um, and then Quasimodo I think I, I grew up really hating the hunchback of Notre Dame a lot of it was because of the fact that he was, you know, ousted as an outcast. And it was really hard for me to just, like, you know, not put myself into the movie emotionally. And I think that's why, like, I watched it and I said, I don't like it, you know, because it rings too true to me, you know. And, um, and so, but the crown, when he's crowned the king of fools... You just know, even when, you know, I think when that movie came out, I was a, a bit older. I was probably, you know, 10 or 11. But, you know, you know, you're just like, oh, this is not going to be good. This is not going to be good. And I and I, I, I can distinctly remember feeling that way. And I feel that way even when I watch it now as an adult. And I don't watch it very often. Um, uh, mainly because I feel like it's, you know, Les Mis, animated Les Mis, and I can't, you know, there's something about Les Mis that I, I can't stomach. Um, but, you know, and you're like, you know something's going to come. You know something's happening. And then, boom, you know, they realize this isn't a mask, and then all hell ensues. And, um, and yeah, it's really emotional. And you just go, why did you do that? Why did you put yourself in that situation? You know, I think that's a lot of what happens in Disney movies is you say, like, why is this happening? You know, um, obviously Mufasa's death, death, <laughs> death. Yeah, he couldn't hear. No, uh, no, his death. And that was traumatic. I think it was more traumatic as a kid. Like now that I watch it as an adult, it's not that traumatic I know when I first saw it it was kind of like whoa okay um I also think it's not necessarily sad but it's it's an emotional point in Aladdin when um Aladdin sets the genie free and the genie has this sense of wait I'm free you know like this is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. And you, if you're not emotionally prepared, you might cry at that moment, I think, um, because it's just, it's such a beautiful moment. Um, you know, a more modern one is, you know, Wreck-It Ralph. And um, when he smashes uh, Vanellope von Schweetz, uh car because he thinks he's helping her um, and 
and you're kind of, you know, and she's getting really emotional, and, you know, he's just, you know, just smashing this thing to bits. It, it's a really emotional, sad point in the movie, and it, um, it really, I, it's, it spoke to me. Baymax dying, I put that in quotes, um, you know, I want to just put Big Hero 6 <laughs> in general is just a roller coaster of emotions from, you know, the fact that Hero, you know, his parents are gone and then his brother and then, you know, and then he he finds his brother through Baymax and then he ends up losing Baymax and the sense of relief you get at the end of the movie is just enormous because you've been, you've literally been up, down, up, down. And at the end, you're just like so distraught because it's like saying goodbye to your friend and you, you don't want to, you know. It's crazy. But what I've, I've learned is that from all this and kind of picking these specific scenes and, and whatnot is that growing up we always talked about how how traumatic Disney movies were right and now that I watch I've watched almost every Disney movie and watched almost every Pixar movie I've realized that Disney movies are tame in comparison. I think Big Hero 6 is the biggest Disney movie, uh, is the closest, I'll say, to a Pixar movie as far as tugging on the heartstrings. And it's a, it's, and it, technically it's under the Marvel um, uh, umbrella. So... Um, it's not even a full Disney film. Um, I think they've gotten close. They don't. They don't push it as much. Disney doesn't. Disney, on the whole, doesn't push it as much as the Pixar team does. The Pixar team really wants to push and, and tug and nudge on on your heartstrings it's just it's just crazy honestly um the emotional roller coaster rides that they put you on i mean from up to bing bong oh my god and inside out that's traumatic that really makes you cry to you know there's probably a scene in almost every toy story that is disturbing and and sad um, uh, maybe the only one is A Bug's Life <laughs> and maybe the original Toy Story the first Toy, toy Story um, you know doesn't do it as much but after that man they just like boom 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 I love the the joke like all Pixar does is go what if toys had feelings? What if bugs had feelings? What if cars had feelings? What if feelings had feelings? Um, and so, uh, you know, they're, 
Pixar is all about feelings and emotions and tugging on them. And, um, and Disney, while it does incorporate that, I don't think it, it anchors its plots with that. And I feel like Pixar does that more. So that's going to conclude this, uh, this section. And, um, you know, if I missed one, let me know. Go to our Facebook page. Uh, look up uh, the Disney podcast on Facebook, and um, you know, let me know. You know, what is what is your saddest uh, Disney movie moment? And uh, it'd be great to you know start a conversation about that kind of stuff. <laughs> Uh, some of you guys might know I'm a high school music teacher and music is my life uh, besides Disney and I think Disney kind of uh, the fact that I grew up during the Disney Renaissance and you know the movies of the Disney Renaissance are musicals um, really instilled a you know I wouldn't say instilled. It reinforced the um, the passion I had for music. Of course, you know my my dad was a music is a music teacher, and um, so music was a really big uh, part of our 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 family life. And one of the things he would always do is at the end of the year do more of like a a pops concert like a popular music concert with his band or his orchestra. And so for a really long time, you know, over a span of 10 years, he could pick and choose from these um, various Disney movies. And we actually would go on purpose. My dad would take us. We knew, me and my sister knew that we were going to go see the latest Disney uh, animated film because of it being a musical um and then i think my dad took me to see a goofy movie just because it was like a father-son thing (laughs) but um yeah and he would we'd always have to stay and watch the credits to see who the composer was and all this kind of stuff so that he could you know go searching for it um in uh later on in the school year and this you know this is pre like internet where you can just kind of do a google search so um the songs kind of have always been a part of why i love disney so much and you know it it was always really hard for me to uh, accept movies that weren't musicals from Disney, like Lilo and Stitch and um, Emperor's New Groove and things like that. Like those movies came out when I was in high school and I just, and even Tarzan really, you know, it it wasn't a musical. It wasn't musical enough. You know, I always make a joke like if I wanted to listen to a Phil Collins album, I wouldn't watch Tarzan. I'd go get 
a Phil Collins album. And, um, and that's what it feels like, Tarzan, to me. So, um, but I thought today, man, that was a long thing. <laughs> but I thought today we could talk about some uplifting, the most uplifting Disney songs. Um, given the fact that our previous uh, cat uh, section, uh, segment, sorry, our previous segment uh, was about the saddest Disney moments. I figured, let's let's uh, bring it around and and talk about some of the most uplifting songs from Disney movies. And yes, my list consists of a lot of re- Renaissance movies, but I'm a Renaissance guy, so um, a Renaissance man, if you will. And uh, and so. A lot. There are a lot of them in this list. I also, you know, scoured the interwebs and I found a bunch of lists that list things, and I kind of put them uh, into perspective. Um, so my first one is the Bare Necessities. It's an old, oldie, but a goodie. Um, it's upbeat. You know, I mean, it honestly. Even the lyrics are, are, you know, trying to find, you know, the best things in life that are of, you know, you know, most people would find insignificant and just really loving those, those really uh, bare necessities, right? The, the, the few things that you really need and just really cherishing those things um the next one i have on my list is hakuna matata um it means no worries so um if you don't listen if you can't listen to the song and then not and then not approach your day with no worries there's something wrong with you you should check your pulse make sure you're still alive um a newer one is i've got a dream from tangled uh i think it's really uplifting it's upbeat it makes you really think about uh you know all the things that you might want to accomplish in your life and it's done in a a setting that makes you feel energized and ready to go and and ready to actually conquer those things Now we're going way, 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 way back. Zippity doo <laughs> um, Obviously, most of us have never seen, you know, unless you're a true hardcore Disney fan, Song of the South has um, probably never been on your radar, mainly because you really have to go digging for it um, because of, you know, the, the racial undertones and things like that. Um, but... Hey, you know, it came, a great song came out of that, and it's stood the test of time. And mainly because, you know, we associate it now with um, Splash Mountain. But, um, you know, it's still a great, uplifting song. It makes you feel good. I think that song just makes you feel good. Um, Friend Like Me from Toy Story. 
I always think it's funny um, that the you know John Lasseter and the and the people at Pixar decided, you know who should write, you know the majority of the music for all of our movies. That guy that wrote the song about how much he loves L.A. and how short people ain't got no reason to live. I think that's the. F- I mean, it's. I get that it's you know satire, but still you know you you should. That's that's a really interesting route to go. But yeah, he's done a great job. Who doesn't like that song? Who doesn't immediately know? You know. From that initial ba do 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 ba do do right, who you know you you just get in you got a friend everybody knows that song, right? So I would do my best impression, but you got a friend in me. All right, that's it. That's all you get. One of my favorites is Go the Distance by Hercules. It's one of the few songs I actually like in Hercules. I wish it wasn't so broken up. It is a true, like, musical, you know, recitative, if you will, um, where there's very little, you know, it's so spaced out. I wish it was just like, and then the, I mean, the Michael Bolton version is not that great, but... I prefer the the uh, the the version from the movie, but um, to have it be more consistent, you, you gotta listen to the Michael Bolton version. <clears throat> you know, in 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 uh, during the Renaissance, they did that. That was like a really big trend: is take the big hits, so to speak, of the movie and have you know relevant at, for the time. Uh, I don't know if Peebo Bryson ever really was relevant no offense people but um you know relevant for the time sing the song but have it be more poppy and you know and uh that was one of them that like to me it just it feels bigger and better with you know a whole orchestra behind it and it really gets you going and making every mile wor- worth your while. So, <clears throat> um, you know, and it, it can get me pumped up for the day. That's for sure. Um, Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. I just wanted to say that. But it's, a, you know, it's an upbeat song. It's pretty uplifting, I would say. Um, you know, the thing with Go the Distance is, you know, it's not a very upbeat sort of song but it does get you going it does get, but supercalifragilisticexpialidocious that song the meaning really has it's not uplifting at all the lyrics or anything but it's just the tempo and and the pace of of the song and how frantic it is really just gets you going um the circle of life uh just either version from the movie or Elton John's version um, are great and will definitely inspire you to try to save the planet. Um, unless you're 
at Epcot. Well, that they got rid of that, but that horrible environmental movie. Oh my god. Um, but anyway, I digress. Uh, just around the river bend uh, from Pocahontas. I love this movie. Um, I love the music from this movie. It's if you're not a huge Pocahontas mu- music person, I I understand because they they did go, you know, they pushed the envelope a little bit. I was talking with my dad about how like I always feel like, you know, there are some movies where they just went super poppy and decided we're going to get the hits, you know, we're going to hit you on all cylinders. And and there's some movies that they wanted to be really stylistic. And I feel like Hercules was really stylistic. They were super influenced by uh, Motown. <clears throat> and um, Hunchback of Notre Dame was super influenced by, like, to me, like Les Mis, like, they really, if they could have, they would have made it an opera. <laughs> um, but they, the, their, their, their arrangements in uh, Notre Dame, Hunchback of Notre Dame, are, are very um, ominous to the past. And, <clears throat> and, but my dad will always say, like, what they do musically in Pocahontas is a lot more um, technical because you know they have multiple melodies intertwining, and but I also like that they took to um, what's they took influence from actual you know, Native American music. And and put it into the um, into the arrangements that they did, and um, <clears throat> you know, just around the river bend, I love. And I and you know, some people will say like, well, why didn't you do uh, Colors of the Wind? Colors of the Wind is on here, so I'll talk about them together. But <clears throat> the thing I like. A, the most about rivers is you can't step in the same river twice um and and uh i just i really like it it's a really good nice paced song um it goes with her going down the rapids beautifully um and it it really if you are a lyrics person because there are some people who just listen to me the music for the music and there are people who listen to the whole song and there are people who just listen to the lyrics and i think the lyrics of this song uh if you're ever trying to figure out who you are or where you should go listen to the song and you'll you'll know what to do and and colors of the winter is just a powerful song to where it will inspire you to, to get up and get moving and, and do uh, uh, do anything, really. Uh, in the same sense, is almost there from uh, The Princess and the Frog. And that, that song is, is really upbeat. I love singing it. It's just a great, like, you know, old-style jazz, ragtime kind of... Uh, vibe to it and 
honestly, uh, if you can't if you can't listen to the song and be inspired to just work hard and and do your best, I don't know what song you can listen to, you you would listen to to do that because this one is like that one's perfect, almost there. Um, when you wish upon a star, I just you know I always associate it with the old Walt Disney World commercials because they always would you know use that uh, song. I don't really associate it too much with Pinocchio, <laughs> even though that's where it's from. But I I do associate it more with um, the old Disney commercials and and me wanting to go to Disney World and it being uplifting, like feeling great because going like, oh, Disney World, yeah, when you wish, you know. So um, I, I put that one on the list. I put you'll you'll be in my heart, even though I hate Phil Collins, even though I hate Tarzan. It's a it's a, still a pretty good song. Uh, let's see, what do I have? Uh, part of your world. I want to be where the people are. It's a great song. Um, the chord progression is really nice and lush. It's, you know, um, using different uh, suspensions and, and uh, really um, extended chords. And if you're a music person, you know what I'm talking about. If you're not a music person, don't worry about it. It just means, you know, they, they really put a lot of care into how they uh, picked the chords that they used and it just like just that one part like you know up where they walk you know that part you know I remember being a little kid and always singing the song um, so and it would always get me going and, and inspire me and you know lift me up when I was down um, sometimes you know uplifting songs don't necessarily have to be upbeat have a fast tempo or you know a lot of you know, intricate rhythms or anything like that. They just have to, you know, have power, you know, and I think part of your world has lots of power. Same thing with Reflection. It's a really sad song on the surface, but when you dig deeper, it's a really powerful song. It's, you know, asking this question, um, you know, when will my reflection show who I am inside, right? And I think that can be uplifting, like making yourself look inwards and say, like, maybe the problems aren't out there. Maybe the problems are right here. And if I look inward, I can I can make myself better. And then to almost done, but two from Frozen, Let It Go and In Summer. I love In Summer. In Summer is just a fun song and it if a snowman can be happy in the middle of summer, um, I should be happy all year round. And let it go. It's just like, you know, it's, it's uplifting, you know, letting all that pain, anguish, whatever, just let it go and move on with your life. And then last, it's not an actual song from a movie, but it is a song from a movie, if that makes any sense. Um, is Be True to Your Heart from Mulan. Now, this was this song was played at the end of the movie during the rolling credits. I think it starts like when the 
ghosts, the ancestors are having their party or whatever. But And then it goes into the rolling credits. I love this song. It's cheese at its greatest, you know. It's got Stevie Wonder. It's got 98 Degrees. See, I think I always assumed it was NSYNC because NSYNC was so synonymous with Disney, with Justin Timberlake and J.C. Shazay or whatever his name last name is. Sorry, NSYNC fans, if you know you're yelling at me. <clears throat> Being on the Mickey Mouse Club and all that stuff, and then having you know. So I I think I always assumed that it was, but it was. It's actually 98 Degrees, and it's Stevie Wonder, and it's a great song, and it's got a you know harmonica solo by Stevie Wonder, and it's amazing. It's super upbeat. The message behind the song and the lyrics is great, and I mean, it. I just love it. it it's a guilty pleasure of mine, um, and uh, yeah, it just. If you haven't heard it, go listen to it. It was my one like honorable mention because it wasn't really sung by a character. It wasn't like in a song in a movie, but it's associated with a movie. Um, so I put it in there because I love it. And that's going to do it for um, the most uplifting songs. Um, again, hit us up on the Facebook page of Disney Podcast and tell us what you think. What is your most uplifting song? Seriously, like, what is it? I want to know. I'm sure I didn't cover all of them. You know. I've only been talking for, I don't know, 20 minutes or so. I know I didn't hit every song that could be uplifting or um, uh, inspiring. So go to the Facebook page, Disney Podcast, um, and tell us what you think. Are you looking for a new dining room set? Perhaps a new love seat or sofa? Then come down to Geppetto & Sons' custom furniture outlet. We have every style imaginable and some of the best deals in all of Florence. Our sofas and love seats are so comfortable, you'll be taken straight to Pleasure Island. Trust us, if we are lying, you'll definitely know. We're slashing prices and cutting deals. By the table, get the legs for free. It's one whale of a deal. Okay, so that's going to do it for us today. Um, I think it was a great show really brought you down and then tried to bring you back up with some of those uh, uplifting songs, just those generally happy songs that uh, we know and love from our favorite Disney movies. Uh, of course, I'd like to thank everybody who helped put this show together. Y'all are wonderful. And until next time, stay Disney, my friends. <laughs>